Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, welcome to Film Fandango, the film podcast. My name's David Reed, and joining me, as ever, is Mr. Marek Larwood. Hello, Marek, how are you? Hello, David. Hello. It's getting warm these days. It is getting warmer, isn't it? Muggy, tropical. There's Outside. Some, uh, children running around playing in the in the warm summer sun. Swimming in the in the river outside your house. <laughs> I mean, it's an incredible prophecy I've got. Yes. Uh, with the river in central London. Just Get out of that bloody river, you shits! Don't make me come down there. When I used to go swimming in my local gym, what? Yeah. <laughs> um, I, there were, I, my, I started to get a peculiar rash on my skin, mm. and I realised it's because they're putting so much chlorine in the pool because of the amount of kids but pissing in there right. for, during swimming lessons. You know, child swimming, so basically it, just pissing. You'd it. think it was chlorine rash, not piss rash. A mixture of both. Yeah, it's a terrible. Combo. That's how the toxic Avenger was created. <laughs> Yeah, chlorine yeah. and piss. Rash on rash. Um, well, some uh, there's been a couple. There's a story in the news that Bill Boswell and a couple of other people have tweeted in. Right. About a man who sued his first date. Have you heard about this? No, tell me about it. The man sued his first date in America. This is yeah for the price of a cinema ticket because she was texting during the film. <laughs> Did he win? Um, he. Oh, sorry. I got someone actually calling me. Um, it's going through the court now. Wow. I mean, the second day is going to be terrible, isn't it? I mean, on average, though, I mean, I know cinemas are expensive these days, but on average, aren't lawyers' fees a little more expensive? I think, I mean, it is a mental thing to do, but I I presume he's just trying to prove a point. Yeah. That using your phone is, makes you a total asshole. Yeah. I Although, want to know what the date went. If she did something to piss him or rejected him, and he's doing it, then what yeah, the backstory? Sounds is like, or you know, if, when we just hear that, it sounds like oh, he's a bit of a sort of sarcastic hero figure. It, I my my guess actually would be he's a total sociopath. I, I'm, I'm presuming that she basically blew him out after the first date because he's a weirdo and he's doing it as revenge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wonder what the real story is. Yeah. I mean, who cares? I like to invent. I like to fictitious create fic characters from just a couple of lines and headlines and build up a whole character profile of someone and presume it to be true. Fake news. 
Fake news, everyone. <laughs> Fake news, everyone. Fake news. <laughs> Before we start, we should say that we are sponsored this week by HerFilmProject.com, um, who are an organisation that help promote diversity in films and uh, help people get their films made. So if you have a film or you're just interested in this kind of thing, then go to HerFilmProject.com or follow at HerFilmProject on Twitter. Or do both do both if you've got a load of free time I mean I don't know how free you are how free are you are you free well if you listen to this it's, it's an hour of your life wasted it's very free just do it whilst you're listening to this don't listen to this even better option yeah just stop listening to this altogether do something valuable with your time yeah crying out loud when are you actually do something with your life <sighs> alright let's go on with shall we um, well we've been to the cinema this week um We've both seen the same film. That happens rarely, doesn't We've it? We've both seen both films. Yes. We're going to talk about two films as per normal, and, before, and we've both seen both of them. Before I start, I should say, even though we're recording this a couple of days earlier, happy birthday. Oh, thanks very much. Because this comes out on your birthday. It does come out on my birthday. And next week is my birthday. Yeah, well, our, our birthdays are a week apart, which is very exciting. So we're going to have a joint party with a bouncy castle and jelly and ice cream. And um, milk. And no one is invited. It's just me and Marek. It's going to well, be great. I'm, well, I'm just going to spend it by myself as usual. Oh, really? Oh, oh I'm going to hang out near you with my bouncy castle and jelly and ice cream. Just bounce up so yeah. I can see you. You're not allowed, Eddie, but you're not allowed to join in. But um, I'll... I'm going to set up outside your house. These days, my niece and um, uh, well, my nieces and nephew have got bouncy castle. My grandparent, my, my my parents put up their grandparents <laughs> in the garden. It's just inflates. You can buy bouncy castle really? for kids. Yeah, they're about like fifty quid. You just get them, put a thing in it, and it inflates miniature bouncy castles. It can must you imagine? puncture really easy. No, they're really good. They're really just cheap. Wow. It was my. I remember the first time I went on a bouncy castle. I've never been. I've never been happy again. <laughs> We, my parents, I remember, rented a bouncy castle for one of my uh, birthdays and put it in the garden. But they could only afford a cheap one, which had no walls. So it's basically a bouncy cushion. So uh, it was too high for us. We were quite small to get onto. So we had to be thrown onto it. And then we just bounce across and off the other side onto the ground. It was Was anyone injured? Oh, everyone was, yeah. Great. Yeah, it was a good day. It was a good day. Um... Yeah, no, I am actually going to um, have a few drinks for my birthday at my gig on Monday, which is uh, Inside the Comedian, Marek. That uh, is my new gig that is going to be at the Bill Murray on uh, Monday night. Why not come down? Oh, my, what date is that? 29th. I might be. I don't know if I'm working that night or not doing okay. this programme that I can't talk about, probably. That's all right. That's all right. Let's talk about the cinema. Let's talk about the cinema. Um, we have been to see the latest in a long line of uh, this franchise his films and that is Alien Covenant Alien colon Covenant I didn't realise that the film of all the couples talking was actually a prequel film and it was a teaser film it was a teaser or a deleted scene I'm not sure but I think it was a teaser wasn't it because I was expecting that to be yeah, in the film yeah it's not in it it's not in it oh, I thought it was quite a good touch because I slagged off right. originally thinking it was part of the film but it's not. I mean, this this film is about, if any of you do not know, it's about a colony ship um, called the Covenant, which is on its way to colonise a new planet when it get the sleeping inhabitants get prematurely woken up 
and then end up finding a new planet they didn't know about before with sinister things on it. They hear a beacon, get a beacon, a message. John Denver sends them a message. Yes, and they decide. Well, it's not really. A, it's a slight spoiler, is it? Really, they decide it's just a setup. Really, they decide to. I oh, know we're not going to go to that planet we've researched. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll go to this brand new place. Yes. Um. Well, my biggest. I'll just start off saying I was really looking forward to this film. Yes. Did you? You saw Prometheus, right? Yes. What did you think of it? Well, I've seen Prometheus twice. I saw it at the IMAX, my first ever IMAX thing. Oh yeah, I remember. Yeah. And, and I was really. I thought it was really great. But then I saw it on Channel 4 watching it on a normal screen and I realised I actually thought the IMAX was great yeah. and the film wasn't great. No, the, the first ten minutes of the film had so much promise. Yes. I, really, I thought, I remember when watching Prometheus, this is relevant to Covenant, by the way, we'll get on to why, but I thought the uh, introduction of uh, Michael Fassbender's evil, uh, well, weird, sinister uh, android alone in the ship playing basketball on a, on a bicycle and watching Lawrence of Arabia was just like oh this is good character stuff I don't mm. know what, I, this is really cool and it abandoned all of that very quickly and became nonsense yeah um, my problem with this film is is that I have seen everything pretty much in this film mm-hmm. before and including even, most of the lines of dialogue as well yeah it felt just the, it was a mashup of old alien films just done not as well mm. I mean the great success of Alien which I think is my favourite is you just got you know who all the characters are they're really distinct from uh, Sigourney Weaver to the guy playing Dallas Tom what's his Tom name Tom Skerritt Tom Skerritt to Harry Dean Stanton yeah. and to the guy from Live and Let Die Kwame, I can't remember his name. Oh, yeah, yeah. And Ian Holm as well. Yeah, Ian Holm. John, John Hurt. It, they're all really distinct characters and different ages. Mm-hmm. And they and you you feel as though you know them. So you inve- the thing we always talk about, you feel like you invested in them. problem in this is, yet again, there doesn't really, other than the captain and the lady... Uh, the, the Well, the vice captain. Yes. I didn't really have any... Uh, you don't even know any of the characters. No. Just fleeting. This is my biggest problem with it as well. Like, um, broadly speaking, and we'll try not to spoiler it, but it's um, it is basically a remake of the first Alien for the first half, and then in the second half is a sequel to Prometheus, uh, with everything that that involves, all the disappointing, crushing things that that involves. Um, and I agree with you. They develop the only character they develop at all is Michael Fassbender's robot who is a robot so doesn't really have many layers and he's very no good. other he's very character good at, yeah. is given any uh, opportunity to grow or change or for us to discover more about them the only thing they all have and it's identical to each other is they have a partner like a husband or a wife and at some point they'll be sad if they die that's it. Everyone's got the same character. I mean, they must give characters their names. It's almost like watching the Seven Dwarfs. Oh, yeah. there's Grumpy. Oh, there's Doc. Oh, there's, there's Mr. Grumpy and Mrs. Grumpy. Oh, no, Mr. Grumpy's even grumpy because Mrs. Grumpy got killed. <laughs> and that's my other problem is, and we've talked about this before, people getting over the death of their spouse within half a day. <laughs> sure. 
Sure. Or within within the same set. Uh, I'm just going to mourn now immediately. Yeah. Okay, I'm okay again. For me, this, like so many uh, blockbuster films at the moment, felt more like incredibly expensive fan fiction than it did... Um, a film made by an auteur. I think that's a really good way of putting it. You know, it it knew its law inside out and was you know and but it had to bring back everything it said before and develop no characters was incredibly ham-fisted at telling its story and told it all with with no elegance or charm whatsoever. It even just ripped off other things. In that there's a speech where a character is being. Uh, obviously megalomaniacal and so how does a character show he's megalomaniacal without me bothering writing a new character oh we can just uh, quote my name is Ozymandias king of kings from The Watchmen again just do that I mean it's even a film that Billy Crudup who plays the captain in this was in and it's just you can't do that you can't just go well that that's not that's not Alan Moore's thing that's uh, that's all of our thing now isn't it we all know megalomaniacal characters <laughs> quote that pick that speech and that's how we know they're meg- megalomaniacs it's, no write a new fucking character you lazy hacks I thought Billy Quillett was really good though he is good he's a good actor um, and I thought Michael Fassbender had far too much to do. Yes. And they should have spent some time with some other actors. I don't know why they have to do almost too much in a film. Well, this is it. the whole thing It is simultaneously far too complicated and at the same time paper thin. Like, there's zero depth to it and yet they seem to... They seem to take far too long doing something very simple. Mm. Like, it's... It's frankly dog shit. Like, I thought, by the time it got to the end, it ended three times as well. Like, they mm. have, you, as you'll probably expect, they had the big showdown with an alien. I mean, it's... And all, then it, they had a big showdown with an alien again. Almost identically. You know, 15-minute chunks all, after it, each other. It, and, and it's such a rip-off of... Uh, it's so lazy. Yes. When incredibly in, in aliens, lazy. when they... And everyone's seen aliens. The fight was a Gorney Weaver using the machine at the end. It's really yes. clever. Beautiful. So we're introduced, and then it sort of it, it feels it doesn't feel. And that's got sort of two endings. Yeah. But it doesn't feel stuck on when she gets into the machine. That's great because it's this, something new. This, this is this is nothing just, new. Yeah. Oh. Oh, here's here's a, we're going to go through this section of the ship, which you're only going to see again in the finale. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. But I just, uh, 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 it's not, and it's not a badly made film. I thought, I, I thought, when it, I was watching. I'm quite enjoying it, but I've seen all before. I know exactly what's going to happen. I think the script is dog shit. I okay. think it's total dog shit. I agree. It's a well-made film. The action sequences are good. The music and the shots are creating tension very nicely. But the story itself makes no sense. And there's no characters I give a shit about. I don't really care about any of it. Yeah. Um, it's... And, and and also it descends as it get it almost gets bored of itself as it goes on like to the point where and this isn't a spoiler because it, it's not really plot relevant to the most gratuitous pointless late in the day shower scene I have ever seen in anything it was like he got tired and horny whilst he was writing it it was pathetic if that was in a B movie you'd go oh come on guys that's a bit shit yeah like it it's really disappointing because I hated Prometheus I thought it was total trousers and I think um, this is a better film but too much of it is Prometheus again I would agree with you over explaining everything and and this is a bit of a spoiler so skip ahead if you want but 
the very idea that the origin of the alien started on Earth just makes it not an alien. It's no longer mysterious and frightening and part of the enormous void of space. It's just something from home. It doesn't... It makes it worse. Why do people keep trying to go back and justify things that were sort of amazing? <coughs> Sorry, I got a tickle in my throat. Um, yeah, I, I was very disappointed. I just felt uh, that feeling when you walk out of the cinema and it's instantly forgettable. Yeah. I was disappointed because I thought it could have been good. And it makes me question what's going on with Ridley Scott when he could produce such amazing films. Yeah. And then it's, uh, when I was at university, I did a dissertation for this film studies thing. So I chose Coppola and whether he was an auteur or just it was by fluke. And there was a period when he did The Godfather, uh, Pockets Now, the conversation of The Godfather 2 you think oh he's amazing yeah then he went on to produce well make films like Jack and other films which I can't remember which were shit yeah and made you wonder whether he was just surrounded by the right people yeah yeah and I feel the same about Ridley Scott actually because if you watch uh, Jodorowsky's Dune which is about a madman trying to make an adaptation of Dune and he, it never gets made but he assembles the most incredible team the person who has picked apart the carcass of Jodorowsky's Dune more than anyone is Ridley Scott like Dan O'Bannon who wrote the script for Alien is his scriptwriter. H.R. Geiger comes on board to do his um, art design and monsters Ridley Scott just takes it um, it's uh, I believe it's Vangelis is going to do the music which he takes for Blade Runner and everything is just taken from this one great artist and it's like oh oh okay are you actually not that Talented. I mean, it's. I, I, he's done some decent films since, but a lot of stinkers as well. I just don't understand it. I don't understand why he's remaking the same film over and over again. Yeah, well, for money, isn't it? It's for money. This this brings up another thing that I I I went with my brother and ended up talking about this afterwards, sort of half discovering what I was saying whilst I was talking, and I wonder if with the enormous budget blockbuster films now we've got a language problem in that China didn't used to be a market. It, um, it was always assumed, if you talk to anyone, that China would just pirate everything so there's no point making films the Chinese want to watch. That is no longer the case. And the, the same is true for, you know, India and, um, you know, everywhere, basically everywhere, where you could argue there's now a larger market who don't speak English than do. And so when studios want their films to be universal, want to be watched by the whole world, there's no point doing nuanced character development because it doesn't survive translation into subtitles. Mm. So you, in order to keep everyone with you and what's going on, you just have people sort of blankly state their emotions and their purpose at all times and just keep on running like a ride because people won't get it otherwise. You know, like when, if we watch some a Chinese film or even a French film, something a bit closer to home, you can't always tell if they're a good actor or not, because yeah. because you're, you're you're reading the subtitles and you go, yeah, 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 but I can't quite tell how realistic you are, and something does just get lost. Yeah. And I wonder if the American studios have realised this and they go, there's no there's no point pulling our hair out over character and, and a unique voice and giving them sort of subtlety and shade because it just won't translate and no one cares. So you're saying I'm just reading between the lines. Yes. 
that we need to bomb China no, 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 and, no, India, I think, I think, and India. No, no, no. If we want to see films that we like. Well, I mean, that's one option. I mean, if there was no one left alive over there, then it would no longer be a problem. There are many other options, David. Well, well, they, well I do I mean, I, I can't come up it's with any off the top of my head. Oh, no, <laughs> wait, wait, um, no, I'm, I'm just saying, it, it's not, it's, it's, it's a looking to please everybody at the whole time, and we don't all speak the same language. I just wondered if it is now a concern where they go, because I think it's undeniable, big budget films have become rides, not stories. You know, they're just people with sort of universally understood motivations, very simple, and emotions, just ploughing through a sort of incredibly expensive CGI ride until they get to the end. There's no actual exploration of being a person going on. Superhero films. Well, are exactly what I'm talking about, but so is everything else, you know? So you're saying, then... Yeah. If we're not going to bomb China and India... We need to force them to learn English. Well, they, and the they new, can already speak the English. Nuances, the nuances of it. Or we can learn to speak Mandarin, you know. Oh, and then... <laughs> fuck off, mate. <laughs> no, I don't know the solution. Oh, I'm you just come going... over here and you start making us speak Chinese just so you can enjoy your films. Right, my, you it might might work. You sick. <laughs> no, it, it's, not, it's, not, it's not really a... Uh, it's not really a foreign language argument. It's more, I wonder if the studios just don't bother because the level of understanding is, is, is different when you pass through a language barrier, so they've made films that do work abroad. There's a great series, I don't really listen to Mark Camo, but he did a good series, because uh, he's a rival podcast. Yes, of course. But he did, I did listen to, um, he did three podcasts on the business of film. Right, which was he was saying the same thing, and it was fascinating that the, the action films set in Russia, yes. like the Fast and Furious model, for example. Yes. So because there's little to translate because it's all action rather than dialogue. Yes. So and, and that's why it was changing the. It's the same thing you're saying, changing the face of the blockbuster. Yes. I, one thing I've heard, and this may be completely spurious, I'm not sure, but then it, it's it's very hard to sell. Mark Mode's got two dicks. I've heard he. No, I've got. I've heard he's got no. It's a flat uh, space. It's a, it's, a, it's a DVD player. That's right. He calls it his whack on because oh. um, it's like a flat, shiny tablet. Service. It must be true. Um, no, what I've uh, what I've heard is that it's very hard to sell a female-led action movie in China or Japan, which is partly why the superhero uh, franchises have been so reticent to do one. So I mean that might not be the case. I've just heard that. But no, it's it, it, there may be nothing to it, but it would make sense to me that. They they keep it very very simple and straightforward. But like I remember going to see, I talked about it on this podcast, a Chinese film in the um, at the Odeon on Leicester Square. Um, was it called Mister Six? I believe. And oh, I there were loads of Chinese people in the uh, screening with me, and they would l- be laughing at stuff that in translation wasn't a joke but it was clearly the nuance of their culture and their you know their understanding of the line that didn't translate just in the way and this I, it just got me thinking the same must be true in reverse that you so there's there's so much is between the lines that they've just got rid of the between the lines and now all we have is lines mm. one thing the reason that another point I would like to make about the the new revamped Alien series is that it it made me realise or has made me realise just how great Sigourney Weaver oh, is yeah. in all of those films. Her presence is yes. just 
in- incredible. Yes. And uh, the other actors, these are good actors playing the, the sort of the female lead roles, but there's something uh, quite uniquely sort of special about the way she did it. It was great. I did think uh, Catherine Waters, uh, Waterstone, who plays Daniels, was very good, though. But yes. she was given very little to do. Yeah. You know, she was filling a, in a lot of blanks that weren't in the script. How many Davies did you give it? Uh, I think I give it five. I think it's a thoroughly mediocre film that if you if you were hoping that it would be the reboot of the Alien franchise, I'm sorry you've been lied to. It's Prometheus 2. It isn't a new Aliens 1, it's Prometheus 2. They've just been forced to put the alien name on it for branding reasons. Yeah, I give it six, I think. It's a good... F- if, if I hadn't seen any of the Alien films and you watched this, because the actual idea of Alien is really good and the Alien's really good, yeah. but the Alien doesn't see... Alien does not seem as scary in e- in any of the films, even though it's trying to be scarier, but it's not as scary as it is well, Alien th- or Aliens. I think it's incredibly hard to be innovative enough to uh, meet expectation, because, of course, when Alien was made, there was a, they were pioneering a lot of new sort of technologies in terms of the, the puppetry and the look of it, and, you know, Geiger obviously was a genius that nobody had sort of come close to, and they've not really innovated beyond that at all all they've done is CGI so they can there's more options with what the alien can do without it looking like a man in a costume but that's the thing is, I but, think the alien the first it, 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 in Alien the alien came across as sneaky and intelligent yes uh, it, it, you actually, you've actually got to give the alien a character rather than yeah, just yeah. he's a monster blah, 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 yeah. but also everything all the monster genre has been copying alien ever since alien came out so we've seen all of this many many times over and the they, it's very hard to innovate and innovation is risky and because the budgets of these things have gone up and up and up and up and up no one is willing to risk a big budget film that is uh, innovative it's, it, it just makes them kind of disappointing. I, I, it, for me as well, another point on this, is uh, in the same, same way to Prometheus, the, I thought the people in this were irritatingly stupid in their reactions to things. And that, to me, is a poor script. Uh, they were less stupid than Prometheus, where in Prometheus they were all supposed to be scientists and they were doing the dumbest things at all times. They may, have, they may as well have been, you know... A school trip for the mentally subnormal is that versus be a great aliens, film. but these ones were colonists and they were equally dumb. I mean, going onto a, an unknown planet covered in wildlife and just going and prodding things that release spores and you're sniffing them and you say, "What are you doing?" Yeah. Well, this this is now frustrating because I now want you to die because I think you deserve it because you're idiots. Like putting your hand up your bum before you eat your dinner. That's right. Or you know. Well, right. Or someone else's bum. Sure, because you know where your bum's been, I have. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I hope so. <laughs> well, that's it. I think it's now time. Or do you want to say that bit? I feel uncomfortable doing that. Why do you feel uncomfortable? It's time for this. People have responded to our kind request for lettuce. And letters, not lettuce. <laughs> no one's responded to our kind request for lettuce. We haven't letters. got any lettuce, but we've got some letters. And, and quite a few of them. So if we don't read yours out, don't get angry. Yeah. We have a very angry listenership, don't we? Yeah. Shall I read the first one? Sure. It's from Darren Rogers, Hidden Gems. Hi, guys. 
Just wanted to point you in the direction of a few hidden gems I found on Sky Movies last week. The first one is Surveillance, directed by Jennifer, daughter of David Lynch. It's about two cops investigating a serial killer in a small town. Julia Ormond and Bill Pullman play detectives. It's a very creepy film and very well shot. It has a 6.4 on IMDb. I would give it 8 Darren's. Also, The Last Dance, which was renamed Sticky Notes in some countries. It says Ray Liotta as a father dying of cancer who summons his daughter back to assist him as he get, as he approaches de- death. Wasn't expecting much, but beautifully shot and quirky. Has a 5.8 on IMDb, which I think is a bit harsh. Seven downs for me. Have you, e- you seen either of these? Have any other listeners seen them? Also, really enjoy Nocturnal Animals. Eight Darren's. Take care, Darren. Uh, what were the names of those two again, just to remind people? The films were Surveillance. Surveillance. And Sticky Notes. Sticky Notes. Yeah. I have... I've got a feeling I might have seen Surveillance, I don't know how old it is, on television. But Surveillance is a sort of name you're going to call a film that's going to be an average film. A sort of a film from the early 2000s as well. A film from the early 2000s that's going to be just good enough to possibly get a later showing on BBC Two. I mean, it's got a Metacritic score of 31 out of 100, so... So people did not like surveillance, but that's interesting if it's a, a hidden gem, hidden behind its piss-poor rating. I haven't seen either of those, but I have seen Nocturnal Animals, which I thought was good, but got um, quite criticised of being sexist. Oh, well, the New York Times gave surveillance zero. So uh, that's that's quite harsh, isn't it? Um, who else has written in? Well, I'll read this very quick one. I'll give you a longer one, shall I? Because this is from Eddie Taylor. Great show. Well done, guys. Uh, at last, a film review show that I can identify with. I love Commode, but I don't know what the fuck he's on about <laughs> half the time. <laughs> you guys speaking a language I can understand. Just keep doing what you're doing. Brilliant. Thanks, Eddie. I mean, I don't know if he's saying that we're less articulate. Well, I am less articulate than Commode, but there we go. Mm. And if you want to review our podcast, you can go to iTunes and click on five stars. That's how you activate the review. And it's the only process. way you can do it. Yeah. And if if you put less than five stars, um, we've got a guy who tracks you down <laughs> and, and is able to kill you That's legally. Right. That is he's legally. legally able he has to kill a license you. to kill. Yeah, he's called the Dick Slicer. <laughs> and what right. he does, he just goes uh, or any genitals but he's quite, it's normally he, dicks are his favourite yeah. yeah but he will kill you no matter what sex you are yeah that's right um, well this one is from Luke Sadler who um, the subject is Aziz Light and he says hi Marek David and Buddy Luke Besson's The Fifth Element is 20 years old this year oh god and I think it still holds up as a great piece of cinema Great performances from Gary Oldman, Chris Tucker, Bruce Willis and Mila Jovovich, surprisingly, played out in a colourful and bonkers world. Make for an enjoyable romp of a film. Since there are plenty of other films that are still excellent years after they've been made, my question to you is, what film you once loved and have now diminished, or worse, utterly dog shit when watched again after a gulf of years? Keep watching the films. Cheers, Luke. I agree with him about Fifth Element. I absolutely love Fifth Element, and I think... It deserves to be celebrated more than it is. It's a bit too mad for some people, but I think it's a great little sci-fi romp. Um, uh, Also, Jean-Paul Gaultier did all of the costumes. He personally dressed over 400 extras as well. You're joking. No. 
I think I've only watched it once. I saw it came out, right. and it's, right. it's got a piece of music uh, that was written for a alien to sing. So it's supposed to be impossible for a human being to hit all the notes. And they got an opera singer along, and there were only two notes she couldn't hit. Like it's an incredible thing. They it's it's crafted with such love as well. Um, in terms of films that diminished on rewatching, one uh, that I thought was brilliant when it first came out. I was probably the perfect age for it, though, was Goldeneye. Oh, really? Rewatched it recently. I was like, oh, no, 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 no. This has not aged well at all. That's a shame. It's sort of really uncharming. My one was Condor Man, the first time I ever saw oh, in the yeah, cinema. Yeah. And I watched that again, and I thought that was really poor the second time. And The Mummy. Another one I rewatched recently. I think we spoke about it, but yeah, it's really sort of charmlessly nineties in its quirkiness. Here's my controversial one. You know, we talked about. But I watched Ghostbusters again recently. Right. Oh, hello. And it feels a bit too laddie for the twenty first century, and slightly a bit the the way they uh, talk about Sigourney Weaver. Yes. Weaver, the way Bill Murray pervs on Sigourney Weaver. It's a bit too creepy. It's totally inappropriate. Yeah. It's really, it's just basically just trying to, as a sex object. Mm. And what he does is not really charming at all. So it came across quite quite poorly in that regard. Have you heard the story, I believe it's to do with Ghostbusters, about uh, why they cast Sigourney Weaver? No. Is that uh, she was late to her casting. And uh, the apparently the director and the uh, casting director and people who sat in the room, all they heard was coming up the corridor. Oh, shit, fucking, fucking, shit, fucking. Essentially, and she was pelting it up the uh, corridor. And then there was a, t- a one-second pause. And then she walked into the room, the calmest, most sort of together. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, just composed herself and came in. I'm always late, or I'm always really sweaty. I think I sweat. Well, that's why you don't have the career of Sigourney Weaver. Now. Yes, well, you, I don't, you need to learn to mask well, it. I don't. I'm always. You come off the tube and you're stuck in a really weird hot room. Yeah. And there's no ventilation. I, I, could, I no. once. Uh, I once went up for an advert for Lloyd Grossman pasta sauce, where you had to. Which flavour? Uh, it was all of them. I think it was for all of them. What? Yeah, all of them. Yeah, I know. It was the big one. The big one would have been really good. Yeah. But uh, you had to do an impression of Lloyd Grossman, and to help us. In the waiting room, they had Lloyd Grossman himself saying three sentences on repeat, and I was sat there waiting for forty-five minutes with oh this going God. And then when I went in, I was so tense and wound up. It was horrible. Don't go to Avot Castings. Avot Castings is literally how to dehumanise someone. Absolutely. Yeah. In the course of twenty minutes, it's an abattoir, isn't it? Yeah. Um, should we read another letter? I just yeah. need to go on to. I've just moved away from the letters page, and now I'm just I'm just taking the the, the, the listeners through the process, and now I've I'm clicking on That's to fascinating um, insight, isn't it? Is from Jack Cooper. Frustrating films. Hi, Marek, David, and Buddy. First of all, it's entirely possible I sent you an email on the subject before and forgotten. However. I recently watched Starship Troopers and found it an incredibly frustrating experience. Huh. I absolutely loved the first hour, nine out of ten stuff, but the rest of the film, rest of the film in, lost its way as all of its charm and satire disappeared and became a tedious action scene that pretty much ignored all the interesting characters it spent an hour building up. 
I was wondering if there are any films where you've had a similar experience or are there any films you found frustrating for other reasons Jack it's quite similar to what we were saying really, it is isn't it? a similar similar question I, I'd uh, be interested to watch Starship Troopers because it's one I really loved um, when it came out in fact I, I bought it so quickly that I had a flipper version of the DVD where you had to turn it over halfway through it's before they did the dual layer technology oh we talked about this the other day so, I, no, yeah. there's a, so, so the way the, the way DVDs manage to get um, an entire film that's over uh, an hour and 20 minutes basically onto one disc is that the information is put on two separate layers and that means that about halfway through the film depending on the length of it there is a brief pause while your DVD player refocuses the laser to look at the second layer. And they try and hide it in blackouts, but they don't always have an opportunity in the film. So you may have noticed in your DVDs there's a, a moment about halfway through where suddenly it freezes frame for less than a second and then carries on, and that's why. But before this, they had flippers where you'd have half the film on one side and then you'd turn it over, probably have an interval, maybe maybe go and get an ice cream, and then you'd put the second half on. I didn't even know that until we were watching a film together and you told me about it. Yeah, yeah. I think for years I just assumed it was a DVD sticking. DVDs for ages under special features. They sort of had dual-layer technology written on the back or something. I don't think they bother now. Um, One more letter? Yeah. Do you want to read it? Yes. This is from Fran Jolly saying, Hello again. The message reads, Good afternoon slash morning. You seem to be a bit short of letters, so I thought I'd help out my fave film-related podcast... You have not mentioned the IMDb game for a while and have been wondering what your current scores are. It would be lovely to have a a guest as I miss the casting game and having comrades bringing in their film choices. And finally, when are you going to both collaborate on a short film together? It would be a treat. All the best from a very demanding fan. (laughs) Fran Jolly, keep watching the film. Uh, Well, thank you, Fran. Um, Lovely set of questions. Uh, Well, yes, we'd love to have a guest on. It's it's simply about organising our lives properly. But we will we will have one on soon. Uh, the IMDb game, I haven't looked in a while. Do you want to have a look? I looked. I think I read this. I think La La Land has screwed up my score because I've not seen it and it went quite high immediately, didn't it? I think it's it? dropped out quite Oh, fast, has it? Yeah. Um, I am still down. Uh, my chaplain is my downfall and I think it's The Great Dictator I haven't seen. So I think I'm on 54 well, I'm scanning through now, scanning, scanning. Do you want me to do some special eff- um, effects for you? Yeah, go on then. Boop, 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 boop. Oh, they're very special, aren't they? Uh, no, still seen it, still seen all of that. Good, getting on through. Yep, I've seen Chaplin, racing ahead here. Uh, seen that. Ah, 41, The Pianist, I have not seen. Oh, that's a nice film. So, you, if you're... Uh, like is 50- it City Lights? Uh... Which one's that? What number is that? 35. I think I've seen City Lights. And Modern yes. Times. I've yeah, seen... we both watched those ones, didn't yes. we? Yes, and I haven't seen The Great Dictator, which is 54. 54, okay. Yeah, I've seen The Great Dictator. So I need to see The Pianist. I... It's something about Aidan Brody that I just go, oh, I can't be asked. <laughs> he was going to be the, the huge big thing, and then he sort of made a crap film, isn't he? Yeah. Mate, well, he made that Predator uh, remake, and then everyone went, nah. Um, well, do you know what? What's that? In honour of your birthday... Yes? We got sent a couple of DVDs and we watched one of them uh, this week. Yes, we did. Um, so, who sent us this? And Coletta, very kindly, sent in her favourite film, which is a, a Japanese film called House, or 
Hausu, H-A-U-S-U. Which means house, I yeah. assume. Hausu! You coming round my house, Sue? Yes, Sue. <laughs> um, this is a 70s, 1977, uh, horror comedy, psychedelic horror comedy, um, about girls going to visit one of them's auntie's house, and then it's an evil house, isn't it? Um, I mean, it's an odd film, this one. And we've just finished watching we it. We have literally just finished watching it, so we've, we've probably not... Uh, collected our thoughts together quite it, enough the, the yet. feeling to, to me was a bit like um, Dario Argento's Suspiria yes or what's the one that Danielle made us watch? Beyond the Valley of the Dolls yes yes it's very much that era of psychedelia and with a bit of exploitation in this I think thrown in as well but it's uh, by a director called Nobuhiko Obayashi who had only done music videos before, and I think that shows. The whole thing is sort of set to music. It's like, it could almost be montage, the entire thing, couldn't it? It's only when you see something done really weirdly that you realise how normal... How normal. conventional most things are, <laughs> that how everything is told the same way. So you know? From the very first scene, is at the school, and they... Uh, and they're, they're all going to go on a school trip to this um, nice place together, but it falls through. Meanwhile, the hero of the film, Angel, um, goes back home to a weird balcony with a strange sunset. And it's all Weirdly creepy dad. Uh, a really creepy dad who's come back from holiday and he's bought her a gift. What is it? A new bloody mum. A new mum who, wherever she goes, the wind is blowing on her. On nobody else, the wind is just blowing on her. Now, it felt very... Uh, anime. Do you know what I mean? In the in the choices it made for editing and and characterization and all the rest, you know, it almost was imagining things in frames, um, which I thought was quite interesting. I mean, it's a bizarre film. If you've not heard of it, doing some reading about it, it <laughs> the the director was asked to make. A version of a film like Jaws after Jaws came out. Let's get that straight. This is nothing nothing like Jaws. It's absolutely nothing like Jaws. And yet, it was a huge hit in um, Japan. And it didn't come out in the States until uh, the 2000s. And it's now become a massive cult hit over there for its weirdness, basically. The the viewing experience is a bit like in. Say you injected sugar into your eye. Yes. You'd have a rush of pleasure, or not for maybe... And then a a really gammy eye. Yeah, you'd have a rush of pleasure for the first... You're thinking, this is really interesting, I feel quite excited by this. Yeah. And then you feel quite a bit nauseous, (laughs) which is the experience of the the film. Yeah. And what's good is the the 70s effects, which they've tried to do some weird stuff, and the effects, obviously they didn't have the technology then to do, do it well, so it's a bit... It's a bit like stuff that we would have played around with with video cameras in the 90s. Like, by the 90s, we could do it at home. (laughs) As if someone has put a special effects button on the camera. I think, oh, I'm going to press this weird... This will weird the outline and everything in red. Um, (laughs) But it's very... It's refreshingly inventive. If you like psychedelic uh, films of this period, then this is sort of a must, actually. Uh, we've talked about Beyond the Valley of the Dolls that Danielle Ward brought in once before and Suspiria as well, you were saying. Mm. Uh, but it's, it is very much of that ilk. 
Um, it, it feels like a film that the maker of The Love Witch, which I talked about a while back, probably watched and loves as well. Um, yeah, it's a comedy horror, but it's not scary, and it's, it's not it's funny. Too, it's too bizarre to be scary, as in it's too stupid, and it isn't funny. So it's, it is just sort of odd, and you're watching an odd thing. But you'll see... You'll see effects and weird things that you've not seen in any films before. Yes. Just some bits of the screen pausing, other bits of the screen playing, weird deaths, weird things aren't really explained. Yeah. A mix between sort of animation and real film. It's a bit like, like Pete's Dragon, but on LSD. It's a bit like... I think it's like Scooby-Doo on LSD, basically. That there's... Each character has their own sort of thing. They're very much archetypes, aren't they? It's because the seven girls who go into this house, and one of them is called Mac, uh, which is short for stomach. One of them is called Angel because she's beautiful. One's called Prof because she's clever. Yeah, they basically go to stay at Angel's auntie's house that she's completely forgotten about and hasn't risen to in well the whole of her life. And yeah. And all the friends decide to turn up at this house in the middle of nowhere. I mean, that seems rude to me, if anything. I mean, they deserve to have bad things happen to them in the house. <laughs> Biggest imposing upon an elderly relative. Yeah, of like course. That. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know if I enjoyed it. I don't <laughs> know, know either. I mean, thank you very much, uh, uh, Anne, for saying We're very grateful for it. It's a very kind present future send up yeah. to us. And it was it, it definitely an interesting fit. Whereas, you know... Um, Alien Covenant is completely forgettable. This is yeah. not. This is the opposite. Oh, there will be plenty. The thing is, because we've just watched it as well, it, we haven't been able to do that test of whether images and things stay with you. Because actually, you end up changing your opinion on things when that happens. I find, you know, like I, as you you quite rightly said, Alien is utterly forgettable. There's very little in that where I go, oh, I'll be thinking about that again. You know, it was just like, yeah, come on, come on, come on. Whereas this, there's lots of stuff with a cat. That's quite good, isn't it? Um, Suspiria has haunted me for uh, months and months, and so what? Well, not the last couple of years, um, and I think this a lot of images in this weird film will will stay with me. It's gradually send me men- more mental. Yeah, yeah. But if you'd like to check it out, then it is Houseu, or also called House. I don't know how many Davies you give it. It's impossible to give it a mark, really. I think it kind of is. I don't know whether I enjoyed it or not. I've no idea. I've no idea. I'll be still alive. It's not the first time I've tried ice cream. What I think I, we haven't mentioned about it, actually, which I read, which I think is quite interesting, is that the director asked his um, young daughter for things that would be scary to happen in a house. And so it does have quite a odd take on the threats compared to other haunted house films. You know, the things that get the girls are quite odd you know like um, a load of mattresses falling on futons. you futons yeah, they're futons in, apparently but I mean they were mattresses weren't they that's why, that's why futons are much worse for you than the traditional sprung mattress because they can devour you whole turn you into a plastic doll yes um, yeah or you know piano keys eating your fingers it's it's all um, there's yeah. one thing I would say which is quite which was uh, in The Handmaiden as well a few weeks ago there is a sense of some pervy Japanese older man mm. with needless nudity and sort of aimed at sort of 
teenage girl nudity, which is a young bit, teenage girl. Yeah, which as is, well. makes you think it's just it, it makes you feel as it's a slightly pervy. Yeah, times. there's unnecessary bath scenes and unnecessary talking about pants and all that kind of stuff, which is just a little unsettling. But it, I think it's. It comes from a sort of place of infantilising women a bit. I don't know what it is, but it's certainly... That is probably the most unsettling part of the film. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, would say, I would say. But the rest is so high camp, it's hard to be scared. But no, it's certainly interesting. And from reading about it, it, it seems to be a bit of a cult classic. So if you like your obscure films, then track it down. Cool. Well, that's about it, isn't it? Yeah, that is it for this week. Um, it's, we, it's, it's David's birthday, so if you want to donate and give all your money to David... Yeah, then uh, go to filmfundango.com and click the donate button. And and make sure you put as an added message, I don't want Marek to get any of this, because then it I be, don't want him to have any of it. I want this to be spent on David's birthday cake. Yeah, and then next week we'll do this for Marek. I don't want no, the bull idiot to get any of this, or even have a slice <laughs> of it. Um, yeah um, and if you'd like to write to us then please keep doing so again filmfundanga.com and you can write to us from there but we'll be back next week keep watching the films Hi I'm Daniel founder of Pretty Litter Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.